Welcome to Maximum HP, the old school show for the new school world. I am Lloyd Metcalf, and I'm starting this premiere episode off with the magical Herman Sims, who has been the Fail Squad Games 5e DM now for a while. And uh, for this number one show, because it's GaryCon 12 and we had to go virtual, um, I thought an interesting topic would be uh, running games at GaryCon virtually when, like Herman, you were prepared to run on paper. Right. <laughs> and at the last minute, you found yourself face of the virtual con. So how'd that and go for you, Herman? Horribly. <laughs> I mean, that, that's honestly the, like, the main word that comes to mind. And it's an unusual thing because I do a lot of work virtually. I have a lot of my games that are virtual. I have my premier subscription to Roll20. I have plenty of purchases from uh, various companies, not just Fail Squad games, but some of those other people that play uh, role-playing games, tabletop role-playing games systems. Right. Um, but you are a DM yeah. who's typically yeah. quite prepared, though. And I'm always prepared with my things online. And here, GaryCon, this big event, I didn't play a lot last year. I was bound and determined. I am going to run some games at GaryCon. I'm going to play some. So I got prepared. And I went old school. I wrote everything down on paper. Absolutely nothing was electronic. I wasn't going to have my phone. wasn't going to have my tablet. It's all going to be old school. I can hand these things out so people can physically have them, give away dice, and... In less than a week, I have to do a turnaround and do this virtually online electronic. And so what, it, what were the what was the what was the just like the the first hurdle that sticks out in your mind? I want I want to talk about good and bad, but what's the first um, what was the first struggle that the first thing that really smacked you caught you off guard and you were like, oh no, getting the characters from the sheets that I had handwritten and I spent hours on doing diligently, now you have to do the exact same process over again, but into the electronic version. Fortunately, Roll20 for uh, the Dungeons & Dragons 5e edition games I was going to run has a character sheet, but you do have to re-enter it all in again. Um, Roll20 doesn't have pre-gens kicking around, or you wanted specific characters for this? I wanted the ones that I had taken all those hours already and put time into to share with the players. I thought they were very interesting characters that would allow the players to have a, a really immersive gaming experience with maybe a new type of character because yeah. I included several of the books, not just the, the main three. Mm -hmm. um, I brought in some different races, um, some extensions to the existing classes from these other books to make them included in it. Um, uh, a lot of the younger people today, that's all they have, and they play that. But some of the uh, other gamers that I wouldn't normally encounter get the chance to experience that. So that's what I was trying to provide. Uh, so did, did going above and beyond sort of hobble you a little bit? Or do you Big feel it would have been the same, I, been the same yeah. either way? I, I think it would have been a, a different gaming experience. Um, if I had used pre-gens that I could have purchased or had already had that were in Roll20, you'll see those a lot. So I wasn't providing you with something new and cool and interesting. Um, right, oh, right. here's your standard. Oh yeah. I've played this pre-gen before. Well, um, just to be clear, yeah. let's, let's, I, I need, to, I probably should define this. Like you are a five E play. You prefer five E. It's uh, because I, I came, I yeah, I came back into this game system. So that's why I'm more familiar with it. So. Right. And, and I prefer something between first and second, 
um, uh, I, I don't know if I would have been any faster, honestly, doing what you had to do in first or second edition. I, I don't know if they even have the, I think that I'm sure they have the sheets for it. I could probably open my roll 20 and check they have, but it would be the same thing, but the five E sheets and the five E mm -hmm. characters are more complex. Like we've talked about, right. um, when you're making a character in five E, I have to be in complete agreement. It takes longer, even though it's like all these charts where it's supposed to be kind of automatic. Roll the dice, and that's all you do. But, but even if you're efficient at it, and you know yeah. the system, and yeah, it does take longer. I mean, it, I uh, mean, I, I complain about it because, I, but I don't know this. My, I'm the, my familiarity is in a different place. But I, I feel like even if it wasn't, it would still take me longer. So, getting your characters in. So you you but you you must have opened up your roll twenty before the game anyway i did i mean so, i spent a lot of time in there how did that go from there after you got your characters in? well i found that the only way again the decision for me to run the games came even later than the announcement that gary can con was canceled i still hadn't committed fully to the virtual games i was kind of I, I waited a little bit so i hobbled myself that way i gave myself less time to do it in so you were thinking potentially just everything's canceled. I'm going to go back to work, which you were still working. Exactly. Right. And then, so I'm still working the time that I wouldn't have been working. I would have been at Gary Con and helping. Um, <laughs> but I also would have been working on things I needed for the game. I didn't right. have that time frame to work in my Roll20 to prepare my Roll20. So I was not prepared when it came to actual game time in Roll20. So it was, a, it was a bigger job than you expected, even though you know Roll20, it was just a bigger right. job. Yeah. It wasn't pre-made for Roll20. It's not like um, with a lot of the Wizards of the Coast products and other people that produce for Roll20, and I don't single them out only, um, you can just purchase the, the module. It's all set up. Um, you have all right. your maps made. You have everything available. This I was using, um, even though it's available in PDF format and electronic, it's not Roll20 ready. Right, and um, yeah. hey, I'm willing no, to admit, you were, yeah. you were, were running Fail Squad games. Yeah. <laughs> it was not released for Roll20, so I didn't have right. a Roll20 option ready. I had to do everything that would be involved in having it Roll20 ready by myself, and uh, it just wasn't enough time. It might be time for us to look at what you, the work that you've done and release that in Roll20 so you didn't waste all those hours. <laughs> So, well, so, I so, like you got, so yeah. how, what was the experience? How did you feel the experience was for your players? Now, I sat in on one conversation where you just didn't get signups because there was like a little problem with ticket sales and stuff. So you had, we had a conversation. But how the other game? How did the other games? How did the, the play other games, go once you got past that hurdle? Well, unfortunately, that has been the case with almost every one of them now. Um, that. The sign-up and moving then from the sign-up process into another hurdle for the players is the electronic process. So getting set up, getting the voice working on Discord or wherever you're hosting it at, getting logged right. into Roll20. Some people are very familiar with people with Roll20 and some are not. So there was another right. hurdle before you even got to the play of your players' familiarity with the uh, uh, virtual format that you're working in. So, so a learning curve for the players and the GM. Exactly. I, uh, I um, noticed. Oh, well, I, well, I don't even know what I was. I, I had a different question for you, but I lost my train. So you're compounding the fact that um, 
and this was something I wanted to bring up tonight, that you have people signed up and people don't show, or you are not getting people signed up. So for the first gaming session that I had, I had one player. Um, I could not provide that player. You know, I have to have a minimum of four to run the game. Right. So if I noticed that um, a lot of the events that I saw, I, I bought, I grabbed a ticket for um, some of the Wizards of the Couch events, uh, but they wisely, because Wizards of the Couch, they do this stuff all the time. They're, they're hip to how this works. I wasn't, even from the outside, even as the guy that does the website and stuff for GaryCon, I, uh, uh, they put their event listing or the place to go digitally in their event description. I didn't do that with my events. I, I had um, a couple of events that I ran, and it didn't occur to me to set those events up and then post the link in the description. Um, I didn't have editing right privileges for the uh, events afterwards, so I couldn't go back in and add that. And, and later, after I saw their events, I kind of wished that I'd done it. So looking at Wizards of the Couch as the model for success, because they were quite successful. They have been quite successful. GaryCon's still going on. Um, they would have maybe 40 or 50 signups for one of their whose monster is it anyway or something. And then 176 people show up in the room because they're getting the link off of the um, event description and tabletop events. Right. They also have fans. But I mean, I think if I could go back and do it again, I'd put a link to either a Discord server or something ahead of time into that description. That's an excellent idea. I, I used the Messenger attendees um, beforehand, and it sends an email. Right. But, I might, you... yeah, I, but look, what I'm, I was going to talk about the uh, response that I had, I didn't always get the emails back, and people you know, then were asking for the link, and that's a great idea. It should have been in the description there yeah. so you could access it's, it right away. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's like a shortcoming of tabletop events that it's a one-way messaging like you can email your attendees but they don't they can't email you back i believe well um, it goes to whatever email you've set up with the account so like my oh, personal email uh -huh. but the thing is then i i'm getting i got an email i was running four games i'd get an email on uh thursday for a game on sunday and i'm trying to keep all these emails straight of who's who i see um, yeah there was some that I, I, I also found when the when the server was burdened there was a delay in the email that got sent out too but you could have also just had drop-ins. So if you had like yeah. a Discord server or something set up where people could go and get their information, then you could have drop-ins be like, hey, look, and, I've only got four people at the table. You want to sit? You know. And that was something I wanted to touch on because I came up tonight in a conversation um, with my players this evening um, for Aethervoid. Um, Frog Odd Games, I have to give them the nod, um, created in their Discord channel uh, what they call the waiting room. Yes where you could be there and say, hey, I really kind of want to play that game, but it says you got six players, and if a seat comes available, there's a waiting list. Like, I have two people on a waiting list for tomorrow, um, and no way to even message them, because you message the attendees, not the waiting list, I think. Uh, right, but, and I think that's a lesson for us. Next yeah. year, we set up that um, second convention for virtual. We're going to add in, a, like, a social... What, do, what should I call it? We should call it a, a digital media link or someplace where people can go and do that. How we compared it is there you are at GaryCon physically and you're playing. And last year when I was at GaryCon, there you may be at your table and only two of your players that got tickets showed up. But there is a hundred people standing around looking for an open spot at a table <laughs> to jump in and play. 
Right. I mean, at two o'clock in the morning, there's a hundred people standing around waiting yeah. for something to open on a table. I and that, if you had that, that done with Discord, then um, then That's you could fill solution. seats. Yeah. I think that happened to me last year with at, where where there's only a few people to play at the table. And then Dan Roy said, "Hold on a minute," and he just started walking around the hallway like, "Hey, do you want to play D and D?" And you know, before you know it, we had like seven people. Well, I was setting up games. We were setting games in the hallway. You know, yeah. there's no tables open. Okay, let's just play here. Hey, somebody walking by, you want to play? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. You could throw yeah. a game together any time or day at Gary Con. But so I think, you know, it's that same thing electronically in the virtual would be excellent. Yeah, I think, and yeah. I think we need to plan for that. And I, I think I we're going to, it's something I, I never thought of. I didn't until I heard that from that uh, uh, player tonight, one of my players tonight that mentioned that Frog God Games had done that um, because right. their games were, were pretty full. Um, so I've made a waiting list on my Discord channel for the next event that I have. Um, so those couple people that I had on the waiting list can hang out in there. I'm going to tonight, before I get off, I'm probably going to change mine to include the Discord channel and Roll20 link. Now, um, I know you're not a, yeah. a Facebook user, but I have found it advantageous to go to the GaryCon group page and post pre-post that here, I'm going to do this event and here's, I did Zoom. I used Zoom for the artist gathering. So I made a little, I made a little splash banner with the, the Zoom lo, um, number. And I think that helped some. All right. I mean, you can and, tweet it. You're a tweet <clears throat> user, a Twitter user. Yeah, I definitely put it out and, uh, I, I like I said I created that waiting uh, room channel. I'm going to take advantage of that. Um, sure, but you'd want to hashtag uh, or or at Gary Carr yeah. and do it, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, whenever I tweet, um, and I and I tried to do my part in mentioning virtual Gary Con and uh, hitting some people up and some of the vendors that I'm going to miss. I did buy some of my smugglers coffee. I'm going to give them a nice. little shout out. Yeah. So I got one of the last winter, whatever. Uh, blends which is a uh, from the Dragonland series it's kind of cool so so we've spent almost almost half of our time talking about the struggles let's mm -hmm. talk about the good stuff yeah the good stuff is that there at least there was a convention i think that's the first thing is that you know the community no matter what was happening wanted to game right you know because we're, um, we're close to 600 virtual gary con events i believe Mm -hmm. And what's the t the you you've been with Gary Con for a while? What's the attendance? What was the attendance last year? Uh, we were this year we were looking at um, at, 20, at least twenty five hundred, I think. So that's twenty five hundred people who suddenly just couldn't go to what they really wanted to go to. Some had planned for it all year, right? Which is nearly yeah. like thirty three percent of the entire population of Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. And then you have, so all these people are set for that, and you were able to provide them uh, a different gaming experience with the virtual gaming, but you were able to provide an opportunity for that community to gather sure. um, that well, would have well, been Casey, lost otherwise. Casey so. and the Wizards of the Couch, Matt, and, and those guys were kind of, were doing a virtual GaryCon anyway. You know, there was going to be virtual events. They had like 30 or something. And then it all hit the fan. Uh, we had to cancel. There was just no option. Um, and suddenly there was, uh, went from 30 to like 100. And then there was 300. And then there was 500, you know. Um, but they've really like managed it. They were, they were almost prepared. They were like, oh, what if this really blew up? And it blew up. And I think next year it's going to be an integral part of the convention. I think so too. And, and we were, 
talking positives, and, and I meant that to be a positive. There was a place for this community of 2,500 people celebrating um, tabletop role-playing games, and in particular Dungeons and & Dragons and Gary Gygax, and what he loved the most, which was playing games, yeah. um, to continue and happen, despite the fact that the, you know, the whole state shut down. So here you my, are, my still friend, get the game Heath, anyways. My friend Heath from down under in Australia has had the opportunity to join us at GaryCon at no cost, and he doesn't have to get on a plane for 50 hours. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. So I think it's I think it has real value, and and there's a lot of things that we never considered on the GaryCon staff of how important the virtual con was. Well, you know, we had that conversation that we were having that kind of precipitated having these conversations, and that guy was from New Zealand. Right, yeah, New Zealand, right? Yeah. You know, we could yeah. have, uh, we had, uh, I had, a, yeah, the fellow in the uh, artist gathering came from New Zealand. Yeah. He's like, oh, you know, I can afford to get there, but um, but, they, but I think now we're celebrating a life well played uh, globally with, with people who can't afford to get on a plane and take two weeks off of work and travel 10,000 miles. So that would lead to the question that, you know, um, because the the physical one, there's there's an expense in putting this together. There's a huge expense and a huge uh, influx of, of people volunteering and helping and labor to make it occur every year. I mean, yeah. every year I watch Lloyd, who has no hair, pull whatever grows out as he tries to get this ready. Um, and you well, have to monetize it to a certain degree, so that helps cover the cost. Will the virtual grow to a point that you have to consider there's a cost to it? I definitely think it's in the discussion. Um, I think it's going to be minimal, but it, it takes a lot of man hours. However, it does. <laughs> the, the payoff is um, the people that are the, the people that are streaming the Twitch channels, the Wizards of the Couch, and all those people. I uh, personally, I now let me be straight. I'm not speaking for Gary Khan in official capacity. I, I'm on staff, yeah. but I can't, I can't represent Luke in this conversation. Um, but I personally think if I had a Twitch channel and I streamed role-playing game content, I would be clamoring to get, to create a Gary Khan event and see if I could get on the get hosted on the Gary Khan Twitch channel stream because we're p seeing people who would normally have uh, 10 people watching to suddenly having 150 people watching. Right. Yeah. And it's, and I think that's not a isolated event just because of the pandemic. I, I, I sincerely feel that next year, um, you know, you, you people could really grow their audience, but um I don't know if there's going to be a charge next year. I don't know, but there is a cost. Right now, we don't even know if there's going to be a tabletop events website next year. Right. Yeah, that's another thing. I mean, that's a whole other. They released an announcement issue. that they were going to close. Uh, they were going to close up shop, but they've had a lot of people reach out um, and offer help. So it, it, they're in a holding pattern, and uh, we're going to see. Well, so many people rely on it, and I guess, you know, <laughs> they didn't Apple certainly relies on it, and so yeah. is GaryCon. I mean, we were part of the consolation this year was if someone was in really a, in a financial hardship and they needed their money back, we were going to do that. But the the alternative was if you didn't need your money back, we were going to give you a super discount on GaryCon 13. Uh, but then when they said they were going to close up tabletop events, we were like, 
Oh no. <laughs> well, there will be something to fill the void if it, if it's not there. It's just how market works, but I've been so really, what, what the other thing I've been the other, the other positive. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry. I, I I was we were both on the same exact same page with that. <laughs> the other great thing that I've seen from this is people who would never do things digitally are doing things digitally. And Tim Cask, while he does the curmudgeon in the cellar, and he's got some help setting up that that uh, stream that he does, uh, would never have thought to run um, his wheel of blame uh, digitally online. And this this year he's done it. And he's oh, not wow. the first. He's not the first. There's a lot of people that are like, okay, I've never done this. And um, Casey and the gang have, have been really, I love calling him Casey and the gang, but they've been really helpful in setting up. Uh, you can go onto the tabletop, virtual tabletop, and set up uh, mentorships, and people are helping each other just get through the learning curve and find the best platform and huh. just make it happen. Nice. Nice. I, uh, I I wondered how many gaming events did you attend or games did you join? Well, I wanted to join more games than I did, which is always the case for me at GaryCon. Um, but I hosted the artist gathering like no, I no. Do. I mean, how many did you join to play? Any? Uh, no, actually, I didn't play. I, I haven't played. I got in so any. stressed by this. I didn't join any to play. So I have played no games. <laughs> that's kind of a shame. So I, that's not a positive. <laughs> it's GaryCon, and I have played no Dungeons & Dragons as a player. Right, yeah. I really wanted to play more games. I didn't play any games, but I've, I've attended a lot of uh, the seminars and stuff. That's good. Yeah, like the, so it wasn't just the artist gathering, and I, I also did another one that was like, uh, ask me anything while I work. Um, but... It, yeah, it was uh, I, well, the I, artist I, gathering was was have a chat while we watch Raven work. <laughs> well, it wasn't just pressure white, was oh, off later <laughs> after you left. We uh, figured out that you could use a uh, whiteboard. On well, I played with Zoom. the whiteboard a little bit, but I was fading by then. Yeah, well, later today during the uh, Wizards of the Couch, whose map is it anyway? I discovered a whole bunch of software out there that will let you uh, let a community draw on the same drawing board, and they have. Much better tools. Oh, good. That's like nice. Like A-G-G-I-E, Agi, or something like that. And then there was another one, like, uh, I, don't, I can't remember what they were. So there's other alternate. But anyway, so um, I also joined that. Uh, there was a Women on Gaming thing that I caught a brief snippet of. Um, and there was a, um, whose monster is it anyway? I, and I've just come to love that show. You know, like a lot of people, a whole bunch of people log in. They have an artist working away. And... Um, People just throw out like, "Hey, what if this? What if it had this? What if it had, you know, displacer beast tentacles? Or, you know, right, right. and then like it adapts on the way." Matt's like hammering out the monster stats, and the artist is drawing, and I love it. I mean, it's really nice. fun. Yeah, the conversation is great. So, I is really it a Discord it. channel or? Uh, no, it's on their Twitch. On their uh, Twitch, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. I'll they, let me see if I'll have to. I'll have to. I can link up for tell it what you it is. It. Tell you what it is in a minute. But it's been a positive. So, like, I've discovered these things, uh, Wizards of the Couch and stuff that I knew existed, but I hadn't really spent a lot of time watching. Hmm. Well, that's neat. So, uh, let's see. Their Twitch is twitch.tv forward slash Wizards of the Couch. 
and they do that show regularly. So what are the what are the other positives have you seen? I mean, during the game, there, there must have been something that made that saved it. <sighs> Was it really a train wreck, Herman? It couldn't have been. Well, we got to some gameplay in the second game session. Yeah. Um, and the game mechanic allowed for there was a, p- a portion of the game for those obviously who would ever listen to this. Um, the characters would have an affliction that would come upon them, which mm-hmm. they then had to incorporate into their character. Now, normally at the game table, I'm writing this down on a piece of paper, and as soon as the DM hands anybody a piece of paper or rolls a dice, some shit's up. <laughs> so, and everybody knows it. Roll twenty case, has the whisper though. Right, I can whisper, and so that person knows, and only that person knows. Nice. So when it comes out in gameplay, it makes for a more effective kind of gameplay of those mechanics. So I like the whisper mode and that sort of thing. I've always envisioned that for like an electronic Dungeons and Dragons at a tabletop thing. Yeah. So now a DM who had a lot of prep time, you can even add in sound effects and things. Oh, I do that with mine. So I did that and I'm going to mention one in particular. It's the part of the lost or, uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen, right. and at the first encounter, which is in the town Greenest, it's mm. at night, it's raining, it's thundering, and then a blue dragon comes screeching by. Right. I so, had all of those sounds. Nice. So, but let's, be, let's be clear, though, that like uh, your, your, your struggles with this weren't the fault of Roll20. It's just that you were kind of blindsided, and we were, and I admit that the both of us were still hopeful, even at the last minute, that we would still be going to GaryCon. Yeah, it's mostly I just didn't give myself the time. It when you make a, a purchase for something that's already for World Twenty, and I encourage you to do that and support people like Fail Squad Games and buy your modules for your World Twenty as well. Um, <laughs> it, things are ready and ready to go. Or right. if you're making it yourself and you want to go to that work and that effort, it does take a lot of work and effort to do. It's not as simple as I just push a couple buttons. It's just as difficult for a DM to do these things on paper at home as it is to do it on roll 20 from scratch. Sure. But you know, this year, yeah. Gary con 12, I think people are, have been pretty patient with that understanding that like, this is an ad hoc situation. Yeah. And I did, I mean, a lot of the, the players, you know, were very patient with right. struggles that, you know, we had as a group trying to play a game. Sure. Well, I'm. Yeah. I mean, you have to be. I mean, you. you we look. We all thought we were going to be face to face. You know. So, what can you do? You know, th- there's nothing anybody could do. And as the uh, when Luke first announced it, it, it might have seemed early. There were some people that were upset. There were there weren't a lot of people. It just the people that were upset were quite loud about it. But then, toward the end of the week, I think everybody was like, "Oh, you know what." That's the right decision. And then there were some people who are said who said, I'm gonna go to that convention anyway. You know, even like even Jim Ward was like, I'm gonna show up and I'm running games and I'm wearing a mask and I'm wearing gloves and and then the hotel just said, We're closed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Sorry, we're closed. We, Shut down. And it, when we get to that place, it was like there there was never a question that it was like we were like, Yeah, that was the right thing to do. We had to yeah. do that. 
Yeah, the hindsight on this one is the same as for everybody. You know, yeah. 100% that you made the right call. Um, you know, Gary Kahn made the right call in as soon as they could. They actually waited to make sure for everybody's sake, whether they could or couldn't, as soon as they were sure they couldn't, said this is just not okay. And right, and part of the insider on. info uh, is that we, we had a lot of our um, guests canceling and stuff, and then uh, Wizards of the Coast, and I think I can say this now, Wizards of the Coast released – uh, a, a statement to all of their all of their staff. Anybody employed with us cannot travel right now. They they did their own preemptive safety measures. And so like Matt Mercer and all those guys that wanted really were eager to come were just like, well, Wizards says we can't come. Right. I, and I don't honestly I don't know who exactly works for Wizards, but I know you know Mike Merles in was coming and stuff. You know we can't. So that we had we had this like long string of cancellations and there was games that we were trying to pull and trying to juggle it all to make, still make it work and at one point we were just like Luke's like guys it's not happening and see to me that's you know uh, that is a positive that was um, the the you know Luke and everybody else who, who put the effort in right. were not making this as a rash decision or a quick decision. Oh, it wasn't at all. Whereas, it was you know, yeah, it was, it was a difficult decision, but in the end said, we love our community. What's best for them. Cancel this and we'll try and hold as much virtual and put as much effort into that as we can. Yeah. So God bless them for that. I mean, that, that is a positive. That's looking out for your community. You shouldn't be gathering. You shouldn't be getting together. There is a damn pandemic going around and, and it is a, a of, national crisis. So let's lot behave people, appropriately. Right. And there's a lot of people in our community that we just absolutely love, you know, uh, people like Tim Cask, people like Jim Ward, who are Mar later Margaret Weiss. And, Margaret Weiss. Yeah. Like tons of people, Darlene. I mean, the, the list is long and these are people that, we didn't want to risk anybody's life to come yeah. to the convention. You know? Love our game and love meeting the people, but none of you are worth the life. So right, we need them. <laughs> we need them all to come back. And like yeah. gamers, I mean, there's a lot of our our guests and a lot of our special guests. Uh, you know, are just are just uh, uh, treasure immunocompromised, yeah. and they're treasures. Yeah, like even like DMs and every people from just observer badges to the platinum diamond badges are important to us. So yeah. we're winding down a bit. Do you have any, uh, any thoughts that you'd like to share? Um, I, positive side. I think that has, this has for me, and here's our one, you know, one, two, E and five E conversation. Because we always have to have these. Right. We're going to have a bunch I of those. I said that, that one of those positive things of 5e is that it had taken a younger generation that was used to console gaming as just, I mean, as normal as breathing, and brought them into the fold of role-playing games such as Dungeons and & Dragons. And um, by providing them with something that, in a way, is very familiar to them, the mechanics of 5e are very familiar to uh, the younger generation. They can yep. enter it into, I think, easier than they could the 1E and 2E. And here we have now taken this electronic world that the, the younger generation lives in and the world is is in 
and introduced it to some of those who are 1E and 2E players. You get to see and actually play the 5E, and it's the same in the electronics. You're now entering into Rule 20 and uh, Discord and Twitch. Well, There's a know, lot of those players uh, who have, you know, the older generation who have, or younger who prefer it, have kind of put the technology to the side and have now entered into it and said, well, maybe it's not so bad after all. But you know what? The, the, there, is, there are 1E rules on roll <laughs> and, and I think, I think uh, Fantasy Grounds has 2E rules. Well, and, you know, you, you had to accommodate the old Godgers that showed up. I'm just saying. Oh, no, I think uh, you know. I, 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 I played with some from, some young people who came from five E to one E and just were excellent at it, and uh, that's why that's why uh, I'm really I'm really all in on producing content, new content for one E because I don't think the adventures are done there. But uh, anyway, the the positive of this for me, the takeaway from this for me is there are people who were absolutely strict pen and paper players like, wow, well, those damn computers uh, who have just turned, turned the leaf over and said, oh, yeah. you know, at once I did it, it wasn't so scary. And they've had excellent games. I'm, I'm sorry that your games just didn't work out. But, you know, I, I think it, everybody, everybody gets a whiff. Everybody gets a free pass at some point because we were all blindsided this year. And um, next year, I think... Next year, I'm going to try to combine the two during the artist gallery on my stream. You know what? I'm going to try and actively be involved in both two in both worlds. Um, next year, I'll be prepared to be in both worlds virtual, and because I live in the virtual world anyways. I, you know, that's my world is the technical world, and um, I, I wasn't ready for it this year, but next year I will be more prepared to be in both. <laughs> Right. Okay. Well, let's 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 wind, let's wind it down. Her up. Okay. So I wanted to do. Um, and I'm going a little over time, but I'm gonna I'm gonna forgive myself. I wanted to do a this or that. I want, and it's my it's my own personal game show, and I'm gonna pitch it at you, and you're gonna pick one of these two things that I give you. Okay, <laughs> you'll get it as we go along. Kobolds or goblins? Goblins. Goblins, really? Okay. Uh, illithids or beholders? Beholders. Uh, see, I, and I would ask you one of your five E, but I, I don't even want to want to ask you that question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know how well you know these systems. Pathfinder, Pathfinder two point uh, not very well. I don't don't know them that well. So you, you're not okay. That's yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So you, you're not making a call. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, I didn't have a list prepared. I think that's all I've got for this or that. So for this or that, I have chosen goblins and beholders. And what's my prize, Lloyd? <laughs> what's your prize is the bragging rights. Would you like to expand on those uh, those choices or no? No, no, I'm good. Those are like those are awesome ones. I mean, goblins. That's like the that's the backbone workhorse right there. Yeah, I would pick always have I would goblins. Pick, I always pick kobolds. I know. I've noticed that that you like yeah. kobold adventures. Like there's, a, there's a recurring recurring kobold in all my adventures called Mook Mook. That's you know that's Mook 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 Mook. All right. Yeah, he and actually in, in our in our and I'm really really running long now, but in our in our home game, Mook Mook has accidentally become uh, the the, the uh, dictator of a kingdom, and I'll leave that story for another <laughs> another show. 
<laughs> now I want to. Okay, can we finish recording? Because now I want to hear about. <laughs> well, we can do another show after this one. All right. That sounds well, good to me. Thanks for joining us on Maximum what HP, up? the old school radio show, that uh, the old school streaming show. What am I? A podcast. Oh my god. So uh, <laughs> it goes hand in hand with the the zine, and Herman and I will have the a different his opinion on that. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you next episode. Thanks, Lynn.